As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You ever think about quitting? It's the combat of life, hammering the snot out of you. Well, stand by, dig in deep, and get ready to get fired up with us. Welcome to the Team Never Quit Podcast, the number one podcast that inspires you to fight on. I'm your host, David Rutt Rutherford, here with Mr. Never Quit himself, Marcus Luttrell. Our mission is to help you embrace the suck of life, to teach you the values of working your ass off, and to interview the most hard-charging people on planet Earth. We know life is hard. It's time for you to suck it up, buttercup, and let us teach you to persevere in every environment imaginable by sharing real-world lessons learned by those who never quit. That's right. It's time, Marcus, for us to help them defeat the well, negative you insurgency up, in their man. lives. You fire me up. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's roll. Let's roll. Marcus, I'm telling you what, right now, hands down, the greatest thing you've ever seen in the movies, action shooting, go. Oh, that's, man, best? Best? That's some good ones, man. You mean like most realistic, yeah, most we fantastic? No, the baddest most... thing you I'm talking Mel Gibson role. I'm talking heat street fight scene. I'm talking John Wick killing 355 people <laughs> in yeah, a two-minute stand. John Wick. John Wick? Yeah, pistol. Hands down? Which scene? Pistol practice. The, all of them, man. I mean, just. Oh, he killed somebody with a pencil. <laughs> so my favorite, pencil. my favorite is when he comes back from Europe, right? And they put out the hit on him for, I don't even know how many, right? It went to everybody, right? And the chick who's playing the, 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 violin. Vi the violin, the big sumo dude everybody. who he hits, shits, yeah. he shoots him like they three times. They did a good times. job on that movie. Bro, and bro, <laughs> that's my favorite sequence right there. Because you know, you know, Sean and I have a little thing going, right? And so what we're trying well, I, to okay, do. Okay, so do you remember? I don't mean to cut you off. No, no, go. But if we're talking about like with realistic, um, you remember Three Ten to Human? Russell Crowe went in. No, no, no. I'm sorry, it's not Three Ten to Human. It's um, the Quick and the Dead. Quick and the Dead. Right. So yeah. he, he was a preacher. Used to be a gunfighter, and they pull him into the gun store, and Leo DiCaprio's in there. So it's his gun store, and Gene Hagman's his father. Runs the town. Uh huh. 
and he pulls out the guns. He starts throwing them to him, and Russell starts going through all of it. That, That's bad. And uh, and Johnny Ringo. Oh, and, Johnny Ringo. And the oh, bar man, scene. That, oh, bar scene. Good one, man. And I know I'm missing some. How about when Doc Holiday comes out, right? Yeah. And he's he, he's sick, you know. Huckleberry. He's bad, and, and he's he just sitting there, he, he, and he's got like his he's off he's offhand, his his arm out at it, <laughs> and he just that's and how, then he goes and he's he's bleeding, he's dying with the whole dude. Now, Hickok, that's the way because he was a cross draw and he wore oh, yeah. the fastest man. And he, I tell you what, though, the John Wick was the first in my mind because it's so recent. But as far as the extremely realistic scenes, I think some there's there's two that stick out in my mind. One's an edge weapon scene, but uh, Tom Cruise in Collateral. Collateral. He's about where they're trying to try yeah. to rob him. And he's right that there. good. He's yeah, that and good. He, and he draws. I, that was that was excellent. Yeah, that's perfect. Edge weapon scene in the Hunted. Hunted. Oh. Yeah. Between Benicio del Toro and Tommy Lee Jones, mm. I love how. Uh, in a knife fight, you get cut. Everybody and, gets cut. And that was the first time I think I probably saw in Hollywood a scene that was, well, you know what? You want to play with knives, you're going to get cut. <laughs> and then I got another one. I'm sorry. Right, I got keep going. These on keep that. going. One that had a huge impact on me as a kid. It's still my favorite movie, Last Mohicans. You got to be a fan of the movie, and y'all probably don't remember it. But they're on the stockade, and, the, and they send the runner to go uh, carry a message to carry reinforcements. Uh, and, and him and his sniper. brother. Him and his brother are up on the wall yep. with those long rifles. Yep. They, I mean, they're just knocking down one, two, three, and then that last shot, and they draw it out. You know, Michael Mann's the director on that. Yeah. Draw it out, draw it out, and draw it out. And, you know, the the runner's going straight for this guy. It's an impossible shot, Iron Sights, at night, and that was probably hundreds of yards. But when you're a kid, man. It's the realest thing in the world. The just bull, like the Commando arri- was. The bull arrives and it takes that, you know, 50 caliber slug to the skull and throws yeah. him backwards just as that messenger is running up on a tomahawk yeah yeah the, uh, that changed the, my the, life the, the, the I, that end, was it the end scene <laughs> i love it and um open range with kevin costner oh yeah he uh, walks up and the, the gunfighter the sheriff hired him he's just like you want to kill my friend yeah i killed the boy and i liked it and there wasn't any more talking costner just starts walking forward walks doesn't say a damn word pulls out his pistols Right in the forehead, dude, and then it's on. Yeah, everybody gets into <laughs> it. Yeah. Dude, there's so many. There's so many. So I I, I know we're 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 gonna get burned on one. We're gonna get hammered because we're forgetting that. Oh, there's ton. We're gonna get a ton yeah. of mail on this one. But what I need to know, and from our listeners too, is Sean and I have a bit of a competition going on. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar <laughs> with this. It started with a yeah. ninja slide and a in a in a combat like uh, oh, stress test, he did a ninja slide in a, in a president. We were doing range fifteen. I was like, let's do one of those power slides. But then at the very end of it, I'll fall into you. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what would happen. Yeah. I'm gonna scrape my yeah. knee. I'm like, oh, I'm so, never doing so that again. the last iteration we did was was a hood slide which again I won. Let's not start with that one. It's not your finest moment. I I think you won the video before that. Oh, for sure. I was faster. Uh, yeah. I didn't technically. Despite he's got a better slide. But I didn't still beat actually do a ninja slide. Though, so, but don't tell anybody. <laughs> right? It's semantics. It's semantics. Bow and loop, dude. Yeah, yeah. We did, we did a hood slide. Oh. Our second one. I I think I lost that one too. But what I need now, gents, <laughs> is what is the next competition we're gonna have? What is the next dynamic shooting Hollywood position that we should do? 
What do you think? Hollywood, you got to yeah. go dual pistol competition where you're shooting at the same time. That's pure Hollywood. Yeah, with the, slide, absolute with the slides over Desperado. a bar. You got to do yeah, a Desperado a yeah, Despar- type of Oh, there you go. Desperado's got some good gun work. Where we shoot each other? You don't have to shoot each other, but it make good entertainment. We'd have a hole in the show. Oh. <laughs> That's Probably. not cool at all, dude. <laughs> where you jump on the bar and doing the backslide, shooting the target. <laughs> oh, on the bar, that's pretty so intense. Sliding backwards, two pistols. Oh, I don't care. Just two pistols being shot simultaneously at something. Uh, a la Reservoir. Oh, Dogs. that's what he did. No, he jumped off the bar. Remember that? Yeah. He jumped off the bar and was shooting up. So you could jump off the bar and land on a mat, and the target will be up above us. Um, I don't know. That's pretty, I'm gonna yeah, that's go pretty with. Intense. Yeah, that's like <laughs> next level. I need stunt coordinator. Yeah, yeah, like like uh, like Die Hard ball. when they come screaming in and Bruce Willis sliding that. That police car in, the door opens up, he steps out while it's sliding and shoots the... I've actually seen that on YouTube, a couple guys doing that. That's pretty intense. We probably shouldn't I, oh, that. Yeah, I'm not that reminds gonna... me of a good one, Marcus. That reminds me of a good one. You guys should just break glass all over the floor, take your shoes off, and do, <laughs> yeah, do yeah, range drills me. on broken glass. Dude. Just see who can take it. Are you twisted? Are you honestly twisted? I mean, you're serious. <laughs> That's the mess. Everyone's listening to opinions. Right. Gary Busey from Lethal Weapon, a helo shot. Grabbing helo shot, bro. We then we gotta rent a helicopter. Well, you're the one that you. Oh, there's <laughs> guidelines here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what is this? He asked for our expertise. All right. uh, <laughs> I don't know. Jump in the swimming. Go down the slide. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna do the next one. Will be double pistols at the same time. Who gets the most kill shots? That's what we'll do. All right. He doesn't know that. All right. Welcome to the Team Never Quit Podcast. I'm your host, David Rutt Rutherford. This is Mr. Never Quit himself, Marcus Luttrell, with the infamous, the incredible, the omnipotent wizard. You do just keep getting better with that. I call I you omnipotent. Anybody's going to love that shit. Are you kidding me? You just told me I, to go walk on fucking glass. I'm and I'm calling you omnipotent. What the hell was I thinking? Holy sweet baby Jesus. All right. Welcome to the podcast, man. If you're a first-time listener, stand by because this show is going to be awesome. We're bringing on one of our own. Somebody's near and dear to me, man. You are going to love Sean on the show today. Uh, if you want to know more, oh wait, repeat offenders. If you are a repeat offender, <laughs> we need to address our delinquents. Yeah, yeah. If you are a repeat <laughs> offender, we effing love you, man. We can't take enough of you. We love you, and we want to have you back. Uh, more and more. W- thank you so much. Without you guys, the show wouldn't exist. We wouldn't be where we at. We wouldn't be closing in on six million plus da- yes, downloads. Sir. Thank you. Um, and the Kingsman. What? Good gunfight scene, the Kingsman. <laughs> and out of left field. Oh, it's in my head now, dude. That's stuck in there like that. What, what's, what's his name? <laughs> what's that guy's name in the movie? Oh, yeah, it's in there for, for days. And then it'll zip past there like, I got it. No, I lost it. You'll be watching this every night for the next month. <laughs> Matrix, that was a good one. Oh, I, maybe we should try the Matrix dodge. We should shoot at each other and see if we can do it. That's your suggestion, wouldn't it, Wizard? Thanks for nothing. All right. So, <laughs> welcome to the TNQ podcast. This is going to be your biggest video, by the way. It might be. It, yeah. If you want to know more about what it is we do and why we do it, please visit our, our website at tnqpodcast.com. 
where you can also check out. We have these wonderful submissions from our our <laughs> predator. <laughs> predator dudes. And in that movie, they let them, those actors line up and discharge. That's that whole scene that was supposed to be a joke. It's really? the, when the pred- yeah, it was supposed to be really? a joke, right? It was. Yeah, and they just started going to town. And they just unloaded. Unloaded. They're just gonna uh, cut the jungle down. Yeah, they're knocking the jungle I, I don't down. think there's been a single platoon that has ever not done that in uh, an uh, IAS. Yeah, IAS, yeah. Where course, everybody man. gets online and expends every mag mm, left mm, in of their. Course. Mm. Oh, yeah. We did that at Fort Chaffee once, and they got that beautiful th- th- 280 range out there. Yeah. We would do it, and at the end of every night, the entire hillside would be on fire. Dude. Oh, yeah. Uh, in the woods, on <laughs> the side there. Rounds, yeah. Enough trace yeah. rounds to Literally, catch those. You can chop one of those. Those big trees down and use it for oh! a pencil. For a pencil, there's so much lead in it. I mean, I mean, Remember the sixties? Oh! First time you ever hear one of them. That's why you love them. Oh They're no, late. you it, don't, it, dude. When that thing opens up, no, not when the two sixty gunners are next to you. Oh no, what one part? moves yeah. up to your face and you're left-handed brass. shooter, and it's going ding, <laughs> and the ding, other ding. One's and the brass other one, put, yeah, the one puts brass in my cheek. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> and Lee moves <laughs> back a, behind uh, this ear. So the blast is popping. So I'm going bang, bang. Yeah, no. Uh-uh. Um, <laughs> so check out our our listener write-in stories. Great, amazing story. If you've got one, please write in your story, whether it's <laughs> heat. God, dude, how do we forget about heat, man? Right? Right. Dude, heat, man. I forgot about right. that. Great. Write in your greatest never quit story about your mom, your brother, your cousin, and everybody you know. Um, please share this show with someone you care deeply for, someone you know that's struggling. Someone just teach them how to subscribe on their iTunes podcast. Scarface, dude. When he comes out, <laughs> say hello to, to my little friend. friend. Dude, I mean, it's a one-time shot. Scarface. God, I forgot about that one, dude. Man. <laughs> We have merchandise. We have merchandise. Go to the podcast website. Check out our Team Never Quit podcast t-shirts and other merchandise. You will love it. Wear it while you're driving to work. Wear it at car while you're listening to it. While you got me in your head 24 hours. While you have Wizard hammering me, making me crawl through glass. And, And while we have Marcus... Constantly bringing back great movie scenes. If you want to follow us also on on social media, go ahead and follow Marcus at Marcus Luttrell. I'm at Team Frog Logic and the Wizard. Man, he's on social media still. It's been months now. He hasn't quit. I've been kicked off or quit. Thank God you aren't putting any crazy political stuff out there yet. You're not going to do that, are you? I don't know where this path will lead. <laughs> I love it. All right. Wizard, give us a two-second bio on Sean Ryan, uh, Vigilance Elite, just so we can get him on here. Two seconds? Yeah. Uh, he's a Navy SEAL. He's here to talk to us. Come on. Navy SEAL, combat deployment. Navy SEAL. He got into the teens pretty young. I mean, like 18 years old. He, he was, was a baby. He was very, probably had no facial hair at this point, right? Not even He's through one of SQT. Those, I you know those guys remember. Like in, in buds, like the ones. That he, was he the youngest in the class? Yes. I mean, he far. was the youngest yep. in the class. Yep. He goes through, does two pumps, one at uh, Team 2, and I believe one at Team 8, right? He These are both combat deployments. Leaves the teams, goes directly into working for the... Central Intelligence Agency, Ta-da-da. doing many... Dirty Harry. 
Terry and Harry, dude. <laughs> I mean, one-liners, right? Oh, classic. The original, Make My Day. So are, so are you saying within every contest he and I have, should we have to have one-liners, two new one-liners? Oh, oh, I thought that was a, a oh, part you should of the put contest? in like mental agility skills in between some of this Dude, stuff. Come on. I can't combine all that shit Just together. <laughs> I did Be cheat like, hey, we on the should, first uh... two already. I, if, it, if I get any worse, everybody's going to know. All right? I, if I'm already cheating. Damn it. You mind right. if I go back? Please. So, Sean... Yes. Um, he starts taking fun, adventurous trips with uh, the country's most um, uh, interesting expeditionary entertainment company, the Central Intelligence Agency. Damn. <clears throat> Working around the world in uh, many different, uh, actually, I think it was about 14 different countries, AOs that, that he, he did some serious work in. He gets out of there. Um, his project right now is Vigilance Elite, which is a training, um, primarily a training company. I, I know he's working with some very interesting clientele, uh, particularly someone he was talking about, which we can't mention right now, but everybody's going to find out about it soon. Yep. They also sell merchandise and things like that, and uh, it was interesting. I had a conversation with him last night about he's got a, a unique approach to this, which seems Equilibrium. Really effective. You remember that movie, Equilibrium? <laughs> like, they made that karate movie out of gunplay. Remember that? Oh, with, with Christian Bale? Oh, God. Equilibrium. <laughs> Nowhere near as cool as the... John Ryan. Well, what do you say, gents? Should we bring one of our own on the show? Let's do it. Do we dare? P I N K Y. Pinky is Pinky. Marcus! 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 What do we have? One of our own. Jinx. Jinx. Oh, me no, no, no. Shit! <laughs> I swear to God, you, you know knew what? I'm, I'm, I'm onto that. Ax Nanny are doing it. Oh, I heard, I heard it from the bedroom. Jinx! My girls are like, what? Ugh. My girls yeah. are doing it, but they have like six things that Jinx double hit oh, yeah, tap, blood get out of here, butter yeah, coke. You, yeah, I'm like what? Double back tap. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd do that one too, but I, I beat you to it though. That's so insanity, and that's why our children today are struggling. But today, do they still get to hit each other? Do they hit each other? No, no, or is are that you kidding too me? Violent today. I, I'd go to child services if my kids started hitting each other like punch bug stuff back in the day. Oh, mine do. Is that, that, is that a thing? Yeah, yeah. you I can't like have kids. I like to hear that. I like to hear that. So today, bro, not only do we have one of our own, but we have one of our own. Mm -hmm. And a true brother from another mother. A true man of the same cloth. A true brother in the fight of positivity. So... You know, when I told you guys he was coming on, man, you're like, yes. And then I said, you know what? Wait till you see, wait till you hear his explosive personality on the show that you are literally going to have to strap into your seats and have to hold on to your hats with this guy, Marcus. I'm telling you. He might be sitting over there quiet right now, but I'm telling you, stand by. Like a grenade when you pull a pin. Bro, he is a grenade of positivity. <laughs> I'm telling you what. Right what now he's got his face buried in his hands, wondering <laughs> what the 
fuck he's doing on this show. <laughs> to be perfectly honest for everyone who can't see what's going on here. Oh, brother, I love you. I told it'd be fun. <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome, Mr. Sean Ryan, brother. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, dude. <laughs> <laughs> we told you it was a dynamo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you love having Mr. Rogers the last couple sentences. <laughs> I got Welcome him. to our neighborhood. It's high intensity. And then it's just like, hey, how you doing? I, I'm going to start wearing a sweater, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, he was a Navy SEAL sniper in Vietnam. I heard, I that, heard that story, too. Yeah. <laughs> <I heard that>. <laughs> <laughs> I actually pulled up some Mr. Rogers videos on YouTube the other, back a little while ago. Not yesterday, but I don't remember <laughs> now, but it's not like I remembered it. Because I, I heard, always heard that SEAL sniper tattoos yeah. down to his wrist. Yeah, kind of no, no. He's been in public broadcasting since he was 16 years old. That's a great Chicago. story, though, isn't it? Beautiful. They're coming out right. with a documentary on it that's fantastic, man. I love Mr. Rogers. Oh, that'd, be a great, I, I, that'd be a great movie. Mr. It'd be dude. Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, but then the side thing would be him. After the show, he goes out and, and does mer mer merch stuff. <laughs> dude, that's the movie I want to I want to star like in. When he walks dude. out of the house, he closes the door, he gets on a Harley, he's tatted up. Like, well, <laughs> there's a new show coming out, a new movie with Jim Carrey, where he's this big-time child like guy like Mr. Rogers, and then he loses his marbles. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, it's... It looks pretty insane. Huh. Anyway, Sean, brother, thank you so much for coming out. And thank you so much for bringing your pals with us, too, to capture the true essence of our dynamic interaction. My pleasure, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Good to be here. Well, let I me mean, tell you. Go ahead. What? I mean, I haven't seen you since what, like? Two days ago. Two days. Right down the street. <laughs> yeah, right down the street. Literally, he lives like two minutes from my house, right? And it's like, hey, man, what are you doing? Nothing. You want to come over? Yeah, all right. <laughs> I'm in Texas. Okay, that's different. What are you doing? Nothing. What are you doing? Nothing. You come over? Yeah. <laughs> that was literally the conversation on the phone when we were kids, right? We had the landline. What are you doing? Nothing. We are doing nothing. You want to do something? Yeah. You want to come over? No, I'll be right over. over. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, anyways, brother. Thank you so much for being on a show. Now, one of the things you got to understand, right, is we got to get warmed up, bro. Yeah. We got to get warmed we up. We do. We got to get warmed up. And unfortunately, there's no there's no long strips of payment where I could beat you in a ninja slide. Yeah, that never happened. There's no hoods. I, I watched that video. What'd you think? He probably shouldn't bring that up because. I know. Dude, I won. And I won the hood slide, and I won them all. And I'm going to win the next okay, one. Okay, Superfly Snooky. Yeah, the fly! <laughs> the fly! The fly! That part the was fly! funny. The, the tragic part was his hood slide. Dude, I thought it was technically proficient. I you're a Navy SEAL, man. Uh-oh. The uh -oh. forward combat wow. roll. Did you hear that? The hood <laughs> slide. Man, Did you hear that? How it's that thing is like bow, a dude. geriatric hood slide. Oh! <laughs> Ouch, dude. I don't that, mean that in a bad way. Of course not. Didn't sound like that at all. I didn't catch you that. You mean that with even... all due respect. Dude, jump right? on. Don't jump on their team. You're on my no, team. My point was, let me Much finish. I, was like, our team I didn't get to the line where it's like, I, I didn't even catch the sarcasm in that one. Oh, thank uh, yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm a little sensitive about my hood slide capability. All right. So we got to get warmed up. All right. And we're going to stretch out 
that gray matter in that head of yours, right? That thick head of yours. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to stretch out your gray matter with the mad minute. Now, it's not the mad minute we used to roll with at the agency. It's not the mad minute of anything like you ever learned in any kind of cool guy interrogation shit. This is the mad minute that will break your mind. It is going to humble you down to your knees because these are the hardest questions you have ever faced in your life. Well, bring it on, dude. All right. Marcus, fire away. Favorite superhero. Deadpool. Oh, of course. Ryan does such a great job bringing that dude online. Please come on our show, Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) How many times do we have to say that? (laughs) Please come on, Ryan. I mean, we ought to just. That's always it. our Deadpool kick when someone brings him up. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. If wizard hit the light, Deadpool kick. Hey, Deadpool Ryan, you're a great actor. I thought you should have won an Academy Award for uh, Green Lantern. But we're glad that you did. You're doing Deadpool, and as former SF guys, if you ever need anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Wizard. All right. Uh, if, if you could take any animal and make it th- the size of an elephant, which one would you choose and why? Oof. Uh, Wait, what? I've never. That's a new one. That just hurt my brain right there thinking surprise, about that. A Brussels Griffon. <laughs> well, that just broke my brain. I don't know what that is. I just think it'd be fucking hilarious to see. <laughs> what, what? A Brussels Griffon? Google it. That sounds like a French pastry. What? The fuck? Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta Google it. I, I Roger that. Uh, bring it up, wizard. What's that thing like look like? A furry fucking bat. It's a bat that is size. But it looks like a bat. That's the size. The- <laughs> Holy I cow. I don't know. It looks like some silly dog you'd stuff in your purse. <laughs> yeah, but not the size of an elephant. It's a big purse, dude. That's a giant purse. Oh, once the seeing. size of an elephant, it would be a formidable adversary. Oh, my God. What is happening? I'm going back to an old faithful. All right? All right, here you go. If you could go back in history... Anytime, right? Anytime. We got the coolest time travel machine there is. Go back in history and get totally annihilated with somebody for like a day. Who would it be and when? Oof. He's going George back. Washington. Oh, nice. Nice. When in his career? Right after Christmas. Awesome. <laughs> but, you know, he wouldn't drink with you, I don't think. You know what I mean? It'd be cool to be there, though. Right yeah. after, when I came back? That's, uh, yeah, I mean. That'd be cool. Not during, but cool. after. after yeah. Christmas. Yeah, okay. Check. That, all right. I love it. Yeah. Fire away. All right, brother. If all jobs paid the same, what would you be doing? Ooh, great question, dude. I'd be doing right what I'm doing right now. See, that's what yeah! I said to you, man. I didn't even know money was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Getting paid to be a Navy SEAL was, uh, was an extra. Yep. $32,000 a year, bud. Oh. <laughs> Three hots in a cut, home ass chief. Oh, dude. Deep, what was what what'd they call your uh, pay for living off base? B-A-H. B-A-H. And I blew every dime of it li- and, and more living in the beach every On time. Booze. Oh, right. eight, of, eight of us got this huge house. The so rent was nothing since every, everyone was in a different platoon or in a different cycle. There's probably about two guys at the house. At, at any given time? Yes, yeah, so you had your pick of the litter from the cars. It was a problem when everyone showed up. 
Because <laughs> then it was a race to the house. So you got the beds, the couch, then the mattress in the kitchen and stuff like that. But other than that, man, that's kind of what I tell young guys when you come out. Like, man, just put half your paycheck away where you can't touch it. Then get a house with a bunch of dudes and be a warrior. Animal house. How many of them listened? <laughs> no, I don't think any of them. Money, right I was $10,000 in debt when I got out. That's great advice, though. It is really? great I wasn't. Advice. I really? followed it. It was good. You did follow that advice? Came out of the Navy, everything, I'll put you like this, my arrangement was when I got out, I was either going to med school or if I met my wife, everything was going to go on her finger and we'd start over together. Really? Holy shit. Uh, That's impressive, that bro. That is impressive. You've seen her ring. Uh, yeah, it's hard not to see it. That's what I came out of the Navy with. <laughs> you bought that ring yep. with everything you'd saved in the Navy. Yeah. God bless you, dude. Wow. That's squared away. That's impressive. That is. All right, wizard, yeah, really fire away. All right, all right. If uh, you were a bumper sticker somewhere. Hey, what? what <laughs> you know what we need to do? That's where I get all my good ideas. That's <laughs> yeah, a bumper sticker. I, I need to start pressing you, Sean, on, you know, when it's going to happen here with you and your loved one over there, dude. But we'll talk about that later. But we'll talk about that later, dude. Right. I'm the only one sitting over here. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? He's going to ask you to marry him. Mm. What's, what's my table doing? Yeah. <laughs> Fire it! <laughs> All right, if you were standing in the airport at this very moment and an airline handed you a free travel voucher anywhere in the world and you had to use it immediately, where would you go and why? Damn, you guys are on immediately. point today. Holy cow. You can't go home. You can't pack bags. You just got to go anywhere. Australia. Australia, Ooh, why? I didn't think I'd go to Australia. Why? Because I haven't been there. What and, is it uh, about good Australia? Place. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just always wanted to check it out, man. Kangaroos. Like koalas. Crocodiles. Oh, dude, why? I don't you know, know how deadly my those things are? Crocodile Other Dundee? than Navy Seals. Yeah. You see the second one's coming out with Danny McBride? I did. He's his kid. <laughs> you see how funny that looks? Oh, man, that's going to be good. Oh, God. Dude, that's going to be good. Wait, so what would you do when you got there? Go hang out with crocodiles, I guess. I guess, man. I don't know what the hell I would do. I guess I'd uh, go in the outback, eh? Hey? Go on a walkabout. Get stung in the chest. I'm not even going to go there. All right. Let's <laughs> not. I, I didn't. I kind of liked him. I, I did, too. I thought he was great. liked him, dude. I awesome. love that, man. It was His great. kids are awesome, too. You're All awesome. Right. <laughs> You're awesome, man. <laughs> No, you, you, guys right. you guys are awesome. You're awesome. awesome. You guys, You're awesome. Table, love you. You're... you guys are awesome. All right, fire You're away. Awesome. All right, brother, if you could call yourself five years into the future, what would you ask yourself? Oh, dude. Am I happy? Ah. Oh, yeah, that was oh, how we doing. Dude, yeah. That's awesome. How we doing? How we doing? That's awesome, man. Yeah. That is a great question. I'd call and ask myself for winning lottery numbers, and then I'd know I was happy. Money done, money done Look at you. happiness. Mm, I promise I could buy a lot of happiness for three hundred million dollars. Manipulating the future. Have you seen Back to the Future? Have, no problem with that. have you not seen Back to the Future? Biff Ev- got the Biff gets the damn book. <laughs> right? Yeah. Come on, it's been played out. We got it already. Man. You can't. You can't. You can't cheat time, man. You can't cheat time. All right, fire away, dude. I think I saw that on a bumper sticker too. That, mm-hmm. All right, if you could possess someone's body for one month. Completely anonymously, who would it be, and what would you do? Is this anybody in history or present time? And anyone. anyone in history or present, possess their body. Mm-hmm. Oh, I already know. Make the decisions. You could talk for them. You go where oh, they go. I you... know. Probably my girlfriend. 
Oh, wow. Great answer. I'd like to fuck with her. <laughs> I was going to say, I'd like to sleep with myself. <laughs> or fuck with yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I want to sleep with myself. I sleep with myself. <laughs> That's some deep shit. I'm wondering how what they really think about me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's really going on. Here. I know what you tell me, but I want to know what's going on out of here. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, with that movie with Mel, what women want when he could read? Yeah. Oh my god! That That's well. hell. Hip thrust. That'd be hell. <laughs> hip thrust. Oh, oh, sweet Jesus! All right, Marcus. Last question. It's your turn. It is. Did Thanks, I skip uh, myself? All right, here you go. What's the one thing on your bucket list you got that you know there's no doubt you're not going to pass up? That I'm not going to pass up. I want to train a movie star. <laughs> that is, I'm not sure. That's pretty good. That's for a, for a shooting instructor. That's a pretty good bucket list item right there, dude. Yeah. You want to be a movie star? Did I hear that right? You want to be? I train one. You want to train one? I just want to train one. Showcase my product. Oh, nice. In theaters. Nice. I dig it. That's the greatest part about having kids. Right? Yeah, man. What? Dump everything you are and everything you think you know about yourself into them them and see what what turns out. I hope not. At least I hope I do it in a way where my daughters aren't doing keg stands on balconies on the twelfth floor of a, an apartment building in college. Uh, yeah, we all pray for that one. Right? Fathers of daughters. Right? It's a little different. You got axe, man. I can't and sit Hunter, there yeah, and yeah. Axe and Lincoln and Gunner. We well, look at Hunter right now is I mean, an intern at the Chive. For Christ's sake, he's not having a good time, is he? Dude, <laughs> you know what? I, I know John. Dude, Rose, he didn't miserable. give me an intern. He gave you one. Dude, I didn't. I didn't I didn't, didn't, intern the I didn't even I didn't, get. I didn't get one. That's a good point, dude. I, I didn't even have him on our show. He yeah. hasn't even invited us up to hang out. I got an intern for you in chest deep water. <laughs> 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 oh, all right. Thanks for doing that, John. By the way, yeah. Bravo, Zulu. I go. Nope, we're done. Okay. Because <laughs> that, that no, right Marcus, there, you got ask him a question. You got one. You got a good one. All right, yo. Uh, what's the best piece of advice you give somebody? Oh, that is a good one to end on. Shit, can your ego? Awesome. That's a powerful one. Yeah. Or sure. wear somebody else's. I like that. <laughs> oh, interesting. What do you yeah, mean by that? Ego. Like find somebody that that's weaker than you and and walk a day in their shoes, man. Live out their ego, dude. What's happening to this general side of the room right now? Something profound, some Smells crazy kind like of brain activity. Brain activity is happening. Can can you catch that on film? I've you guys getting sleep. that? That on? could be it, right? When team guys, when they, that's how we start performing is when they pull our sleep, right? Yeah. And that's how yeah. you debate. <laughs> what, what, <happened? laughs> what? 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 All right. Where are we? That is the mad. What do you got on that, Wizard? That's like 15 minutes. I've got minutes? 11 minutes and 43 seconds. That's what I got, too. Mm-hmm. The mad 11 minute 43 seconds. Sean, thank you very much for your participation and your profound answers. See Randall when he head out the door. <laughs> <laughs> parking validation. He'll validate your parking. All right, brother. We love to have fun. We appreciate it. But you know the deal. And we've been talking about this since, you know, I started doing the show. And, and, I am very blessed to have you down the road for me, and you've been a tremendous influence on my life. And so I thought it would be a wonderful idea for you to be able to come on here and share, you know, 
a piece of yourself with our listeners because our listeners are here. They come back because they're all going through something, just like most people in the world. But yet they're looking for something from our guests, that little, that little gem, that little pearl, that little, that little spark that ignites the fire in the gut so they can climb in to that combat of life, start going toe-to-toe with the negative insurgency, and really begin to cultivate the never-quit mindset. So, Sean, my brother, without further ado, would you please share with our listeners your greatest never-quit story or stories? My pleasure. Hey, uh, thanks for having me on, man. Like, fucking honor. So, it really is. You guys have top-notch dudes on here all the time. I'm glad you're here. Yeah. uh, Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I thought a lot about this ever since, you know, you invited me on or, you know, told me you're thinking about it and... I think mine is like transitioning, man, getting out of the, you know, the war zones and coming home and taking that next step. I mean, that's a no shitter. It is. You know? Real, isn't it? Yeah. And yeah. you don't, you know, you don't think about it until it's right there in front of you and it's like, holy shit, you know? So well, tell us, tell us what it was like. I mean, when, tell us your time, you know, at the end of your time in your teams, what, what was that like? Were you like, oh shit? Or were you like, oh, this will be easy? No, I mean, I, I regretted that for a long time. I mean, I didn't, you know, I didn't have that much time in the teams and, uh, you know, like six years and got out. I, you know, and, uh, I was like going to go back in and then I was like, you know what? Fuck it, man. I'm going to try it. If I don't like it, I can always go back. And, um, I got out lasted maybe a year. If that, where were uh, you and where'd you come out of and, and what, what was going on? Uh, I had just, I extended for a year, uh, so that I could finish, uh, my last deployment. When'd you punch out? Oh, six. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, six. And, um, went to St. Yeah. Came out of SEAL team two, uh, went to St. Louis, Missouri and thought I wanted to flip houses. So I became a fucking realtor. <laughs> Did you, did you do the one week course? Did you do the one week course? I did the one week course. And remember when know? people's cell phones were going off during the instructor and you wanted to like strangle them? Yeah. Oh, oh my God. To, you know, oh, six. That's when, you know, oh, seven. Even back up. I remember team guys were buying houses everywhere. Oh, like team guys were buying houses. Blood. Yeah. This was right before the big crash. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, you know who actually kind of like, I was Dom Razo, man. That dude <laughs> built like a freaking empire you know <laughs> yeah in virginia did. beach and i was like holy shit i need to do that <laughs> and uh got out didn't work so <laughs> like driving around in a car dude and i would have you know i was cheap you know i had no money blowing it all on shit in the teams and driving around with 50 pages of map quest getting pissed off because my client can't Tell me where to go, you know, right or left. And he'd be like, where the hell are we going? Are we going right or are we going left? Like, make up. And, uh, yeah. Like, Some old lady in her purse going, dude, oh I mean, God. I mean, shit, I was right out of Afghanistan. You know? <laughs> Literally. Like, yeah. And uh, how fast was it? I mean, you got back from deployment. And when were you like, were they giving you your plaque and you were walking out the door? Yeah. I mean, it was like that. Really? Was, yeah. I got home. Almost, you know, I had some terminal leave. I went home and was going to re- re-enlist and uh, 
like they had all the papers ginned up and I was like, nope, I got to at least try this. Otherwise I'll kick myself in the ass. And you know, that's back when, you know, damn neck was growing. Yep. And, uh, was the, during the big pool, right? Yep. Yep. No. And, yep. uh, all my, everybody, it was either you're going over there or you're getting out. And, um, you know, I was like, fuck it. I'm going to get out wow. and try it. Same with me. So, yeah, then I went to college. That didn't last. How was that? What were you like in college as a freshman? Oh, dude, it's horrible. <laughs> I, remember, I remember taking a speech class, and this fucking kid was, like, shooting spitwads, like, 18 years old, you know? And, like I said, I, all this was quick. You know what I mean? Realtor didn't work. School didn't work. And this guy's, you know, it's fucking class clown. <laughs> I yanked his ass out of his desk <laughs> and like drug him into the hallway because I wanted to learn, you know. I was yeah, like, yeah. I wasn't there to like. I'm fuck serious, around. damn it. <laughs> well, you know how I am. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that did, that went over like a fart in church. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then I went to a fire academy, and uh, I got my EMT. Went to a fire academy, and yeah, that's when you know one of our buddies, you know, called me up and was like, "Hey, you know." I'll there's a special program you might special, want to try out for. And special. I was like, well, what is it? Like, I can't tell you. I, I whispered like you that, on, too. I can't tell you on the phone. I was like, don't tell me. We started we start talking. It's yeah. like, the more special, it's like, the quieter we get. Like, yeah. Just by nature. Like, what are you I can't tell you. <laughs> We're collecting all of Uncle you Sam's. You should really try out for this yeah. thing. What is it? I can't tell you. Like, <laughs> Well, then I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's exactly what happened. I said, fuck it. Let's do it. That sounds yeah. great. That sounds good. How much does it pay? I can't tell you. Ooh, good. good. That's how much and where, I want. Where am I going? I can't tell yeah. you. I'm in. Give me a resume. <laughs> yeah, right? What's a resume? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, so, yeah, and then, I, you know, we know where I went from there, you know, working for the agency and uh, did that for, like, right around nine years. And nine years? Yeah. years bro yeah dude i did two years and was ready to bail man i don't know how how many how many trips you you know it's like 25 yeah 20? it's like I've, I've been i it's over 20 i couldn't like I, when i sat down and like wrote them down once like all the shit that i could remember like little things that happened on each deployment and it was uh, it was like 20 something it was over 20 oh yeah. my gosh it was a lot of fucking time that's man. crazy it's awesome but it is awesome, but awesome. that's painful stuff. That's that ain't that ain't team guide appointments either, you know? Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. It was it was time to What was you know, the thing? The what was the thing? Like I mean, I remember when we ran into each other in, in twenty ten and you had been doing it for a while and I, I just remember that animosity you had of you know, the it was like you were on the hamster wheel. And I remember always, every, everybody I'd always run into, I'd ask, all right, what's your, what's your exit strategy? What's your plan? What are you going to do? And, and you, you're like, I have no idea. I'm going to open a bar. I'm going to sell houses. I, I don't know. Stop asking me what I'm going to do. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So what was it that was like, all right, this is it. I, I'm done. Uh, I mean, there was, a, there was a lot of things. But, um, you know, there was a lot of good times and a lot of not good times. And, uh I had to do something to stand up for my team and I did. And I knew if I did it, that I would never come back. And, um, <laughs> I never went back, you yeah. know, like I kind of like, you know, 
Do you want an aisle own, or a window? It, it pretty much. It was, it, was like, it was like, all right, I'm going to do this and I'm out. Fuck it. Mic drop, you know? So, and uh, yeah, you know, I just, I, I did not want the option to go back because I knew I would. Right. And this felt like the right time to do it. And isn't it crazy how it, the contracting becomes, there's this safety net mechanism of it, right? It's not like, all right, my, my, you know, my safety net is I'm going to go sell insurance or my safety net is I'm going to go work at Walmart. It's like, no, my safety net is I'm going to go be a contractor, you know, and, and how just utterly dysfunctional the lifestyle is anyways for relationships, for consistency, for Mm. all that stuff. But yet that's where we think a default place to live is. Yeah. And breaking that cycle is not easy. I mean, I didn't have nearly the time you had and ending it because my ex had said, if you go back again, we're done. I mean, I guess ultimately I should have gone back anyways, right? But uh, <laughs> that might have been it sooner. Hindsight's <laughs> <Right>? 2020. Hindsight's <laughs> 2020. So don't, don't bring him into it. He's got personal knowledge of all that. But <laughs> so, but still. Making the separation in a final way, that's got to be rough in and of itself, huh? Yeah, I mean, you know, it is the fucking hardest thing I've ever done. It was harder than, it's, and it still is grind, you know? Like, it was harder than buds. It was harder than the deployments. It was, you know, um, because, you know, like, even when you leave the teams, like, you got that brotherhood and, you know, you know... I mean, shit, you know your teammates better than you know your own fucking family. I think it's coming off the streets. If you yeah. go to jail and you're like rehabilitated, I'm, getting, I'm going out, I'm starting to change, I'm going to do this. Yeah. Start doing it. What's our fallback? Our physical abilities is what we're capable of. It's almost like we're crime. I say it crime-wise, the, the, the legal version of it. Yeah. It's just as addicting as the other side, I would imagine. Oh, I think you're spot us, on there. You know what I mean? It, it Makes sense, even with the guys who come out of prison and go, and they try to do good, and they do a crime, like just one crime, like just one up. I'll just go whoa, one more time, you know, get your ass killed or throw it back yeah. in, the, in jail. It, it really is like that. Same it's like thing. one more deployment. One more, it, I hear that addiction. all the time. Yeah. It's a deeper, it's, and it's yeah. not. I mean, it's definitely. I mean, the money's good for sure, but it's the addiction of the camaraderie. I believe. Yeah. You have to have it. I think it's everything, man. Like, you know, I remember like thinking like. Just one more, one more, one more platoon, you know, go to damn neck, do one more reenlistment, one, you know, at the agency, one more, you know, oh shit, this new place is coming around and I might be able to get some, you know, and when I thought about it, when I, you know, when I was making those decisions, uh, punching out, I was like, fuck, you know, like it's never, it's never going to be enough. You could, you know do a hundred million raids and you know what dude like you're gonna want to do a hundred million and one. one and well, then you talk mm-hmm. I, I know you know we sit down a lot and talk about this we have over the last few years and and one of the things you always talk about is the train going on yeah can, can you talk a little bit about knowing that and did you feel that in that time and space yeah i mean both when I left the teams, you know, and, you know, the agency, like I got, you know, I remember getting out of the teams and buying my little house in St. Louis, you know, and, you know, you still try to keep in touch with those guys and, <laughs> Who? You know, you, yeah, you know, it's like, 
I remember talking to them, and they're like, yeah, dude, last night we just got in a fucking gunfight, and, like, I was, like, halfway through my last mag, you know, with zero frags left. And I'm like, man, like, I, sh you know, like, it fucking eats you up. And, you know, same... You well, know, the, the, the worst part is the time goes on, and then the conversations are shorter. What are yeah. we doing? And then they're, uh, they, and then there's nothing. I know, you know, you want to hear exactly right. You know? And, you know, and you got to realize, like, that's what I say, like, you know, that fucking train's going to roll with or without you. You know what I mean? Mm. It's designed to do that. Thank and God. it's very effective. That's by know? design. It is by design. Like, those guys don't, you know, come back from the op and... You know, like you were saying last night, you know, like, <laughs> hey, where's Rut? Is yeah. Hey, let's oh, call Rut and talk and tell him how awesome it was. Right? Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> it's basically it's, it's the come down from the rush. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you weren't there for it. And, you know, you like the quicker you come to terms with the, that train is leaving without your ass. You know, those boys have got a job to do and they don't fucking need you anymore. It's and, one thing is Navy SEALs we don't get good at. Yeah. No. Walking away. No. How can you? Oh, you can't. That's not even in the program. <laughs> it's like we never trained for defeat. There's insertion, extract, and not the, not the defeat. Well, it's like we don't train to. And we talk about this all the time, right? They do such an exceptional job at programming us for being on the line. Why would they ever want to program you for coming off the line? It's not their job. It's not their responsibility. And it would be a detriment to the capability of the mission. Unfortunately, <laughs> you do that much. You change a human being that much. And I say this all the time. If you teach somebody to walk a thousand miles into the forest and you don't teach them how to walk a thousand miles out, You've got one wandering, lost son of a bitch yeah. in the middle of the forest. Yes, you do. So tell us about that process. When you were done, you knew you were done. That was it. What happened? I mean, dude, I mean, you just, you, like, I had no plan. You know, I was like, well, shit, like, here I am, you know, sitting, like, with nothing to do, you know, so, and, you know, I was already, you know, pretty much an alcoholic. You know, I couldn't fucking sleep. You know, I'd ruined all my family relationships. Um, and so it was pretty much just a boozer, dude, you know. And that doesn't even mean going out partying anymore. I was kind of done with that. And so I just, it was pretty depressing. I'd sit in my house and drink and uh, do, like, bullshit house projects. And then, uh, you know, a real good friend of mine, that we both know uh, got out and, you know, he was in bad shape and that became like my fucking purpose. You know, I had no purpose and that was your new mission. That was my new mission. And, um, no, I remember sitting there that day when we got, when he got close and we were all together at your table, man. And I saw it and heard it in your voice. When you called me, you're like, Hey man, the, you know, come on over and, and I was and I remember being there and it was like there was some life back in you yeah and um but you know to be honest with you like all that did was just I wasn't paying attention to myself and what I needed and it was all you know I dumped all my energy into you know my buddy I mean that's what we're fucking trying to do right you mm -hmm. know take care of each other and and um so 
you know, then when he left, you know, he was living with me for a while. Then I, it was time I needed to get some fucking help, man. And, uh, like I had nobody, you know, and so I did, I finally went and got some help. <laughs> I remember like, you know, I was like, ah, I don't know what the fuck I'm even doing in here. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I started talking and, you know, I couldn't sleep, but you know, I remember my dad telling me like, ah, oh, you need to meditate, go to, a, go to a quiet <laughs> room and like, and you know, get some peace and quiet. I'm like, when I go to a fucking quiet room, all I hear is, <laughs> right? You know, fucking tinnitus, uh-huh. right? And so I didn't even know what the hell. I thought everybody had that shit. That's why I've, my dad would say that. And I'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? There's no like, such quiet, thing as like, a quiet room. I hate it. You know? It sounds like the middle of the night when the TV goes to that, when the channel stops broadcasting. It like, ex- you know what I mean? Like, we turn the TV like, off and it's off. It's so, like the worst, the dude. Like, you want to torture me, dude? Put me in a quiet room with no sound. <laughs> you know? Forget waterboarding. Holy, just peace and quiet. I right? hate it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, and so anyways, um, yeah, I couldn't sleep. I'm drinking, you know, like two bottles a day of vodka. I got my, my nightstand was full of mini bottles. My freezer's full of flasks. And I bought a wine fridge, and it was completely stocked with vodka. And I would just steady drink all day long. And then, you know, night would come by, you know, time to go to bed. Nobody ever wants to go to bed because, you know, with us, like, I tell people, you know, like, going to bed, like, oh, well, you know, I can't sleep. And I'm, for me, it was, it's not like fucking nightmares and all that kind of shit. It's the wheels are spinning, man. Yep. You know, and can't there's nothing it. to do. And so I tell people, it's like, when you break up, it's kind of like, it's not the same, but you know, like when you break up with, you know, with the chick that you love or something and that pain, you go to bed and there's nothing else to think about. There's nothing else to do. And it's like that for us. I was the way I try to explain it. I watched a movie that I've seen 500 times, but it was a good movie. It's coming on at 2 AM when I'm supposed to be going to bed. I'm like, Oh, I got to watch this. Yeah. (laughs) Dude. Do you have a movie that puts you to sleep? Oh, man, yeah. We were talking about this yesterday. Melly won't even let me watch Big Lebowski anymore because of the telephone scene. And then I have my nighttime movies, too. Oh, yeah. John Wick, uh, you know, it's pretty weird. What's crazy like, is American that. American Psycho. That I, I puts to go you to, to sleep. Yeah. yeah. I go to sleep right? to American Psycho. And, because you watch them so many times on the board. Because yeah. they're dark yeah. movies. Yeah. Snatch, stuff like, you know, yeah, the. So when I got married, that, when I first started going to bed, I'd put that on. And Melly's like, no more war movies, no more killing, no more Jason Bourne. <laughs> now, now it's Nemo. And, uh, you know, stuff like that. Dude, mine's, mine's Harry Potter. Yeah, uh, when, is it really? Like, no bullshit. I, That's I Morgan, Morgan's is Harry Potter, too. And Pirates no like, shit. Only the first one. Yeah, the first one. Only the first yeah. one. And it puts you out. It, dude, I watch it every night. And the Matrix. The every first Matrix. night. Holy shit, that's interesting. I don't know if, like, you know, I don't know what it is, if it's the sounds or, like, the way the TV flashes, because it's kind of a dark movie, it, you know? That's what it is. It, the patterning, like, the neuro patterning that it triggers, elicits the melatonin dump in you and then triggers sleep and relaxes you. And now that you have it conditioned, it's it's the way you do it. I mean, you know, everybody talks about recovery and how critical sleep is. What they don't understand is how difficult sleep is 
because of the impact that our brains have taken neurologically, right? The cortisol, the hyper alertness, the traumatic brain injuries, the, the impacts, the concussions, you name it, that's disrupted, disrupted our patterning. So it's like we have to have exaggerated patterning. That's why all these new electromagnetic visual things, these visual stimulations, hell, I listen to this uh, 32 biurnal beat pattern things in my ears. I listen to Tibetan monk chimes. You know, I have a specific sleep pattern. It's so, you know, it's essential if you even imagine to be able to get the rest you need to live a normal life. Yeah. I mean, it works. The shit works, man. And, yeah. um, so anyways, yeah, I went, that's how it kind of started, you know, was helping somebody went to the doc. I told the doc, you know, she's like, well, how do you sleep? I'm like, I take uh, a lot of pills <laughs> and I drink a shit ton of vodka. And she's like, like how much? And I told her like what I was taking, which was, you know, a big concoction of prescription <laughs> meds. And she's Could like, holy shit. Like, she's like, are you trying to kill yourself? And I just looked at her like, the fuck are you talking? No, I just can't fucking sleep. Like, it, what's the big deal? You know, and this then, is normal. Yeah. So, you did know, this, we'll uh, let me let me pause for a second. This did this accelerate once you left? No, nah, man, it this was has building. been going on for a long period yeah, of time. This is not a product of time. you transitioning out, leaving after that situation and all that. If this was this had been going on for a long time, dude. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It had been going on for a long time. I think there's it's prevalent in way more situations than a lot of guys, you know, are comfortable openly admitting. And thank yeah. God now with our show, some other shows out there, I know uh, you know, a lot of guys that have shows are really trying to shed light on this cultural reality for us. Yeah. And what I love about it is it's no longer demonstratized by ourselves, right? We're no longer, we're no longer of, you know, it, it's not a victim mentality per se. It's, Hey, we were in a bad way and this is what we we're doing. And, and, and now we're figuring out how to get help out of it. For me, mm -hmm. that's the greatest thing I'm seeing. The, the, the challenge is, is there are people that still aren't going and calling up a psychologist. They're, they're, or if they go see someone one time, they don't get that strong rapport or connection. That's it. They're done. They stay in the, in the dark room. They stay wherever. But hopefully with stories like yours and ours, people are becoming more open to talk about it. Yeah. So how? Yeah, I how didn't did think it was a big deal. I wasn't sleeping because I was trained not to sleep. We're still young, and I'm, I still operate during the day with a couple, couple hours of sleep. So, yeah. and I think the problem is, is after a long time doing that, killing yourself, catching up with you, killing Literally. your brain. Literally. So when did when did all of a sudden you're like, all right, I got to change? Well, no, wait, I mean, be before you go into that, um, why were you drinking so much? I think I mean the elephant in the room here is what. Why were you drinking so much? What you know? How did you get yourself into this position? I think any listener is going to be thinking that. What? Well, why, I mean, why are you there? It just it gets bred into you, man. Like you know, I mean, you just you're out there operating. You come home, you jump on the bottle, and it you know becomes part of the culture, and uh, yeah. it spiraled out of control, way out of control. That's you right. know, and uh, so when when did it working with? Your your doc. When did it 
Like, because I know for me, when I started working with psychologists last year, year and a half ago, right, in the midst of my divorce, man, I was able to ask questions that I'd never asked before and get answers that was enabled me to reevaluate why I was doing the things I was doing. Is that what happened for you? Uh, I mean, it's definitely like a slow but steady progression, you know, and, um, you know, I just started cutting, you know, we started working, you know, like one step at a time, you know, like it was, well, let's uh, cut all your concoctions out of, you know, and then, uh, you know, we got that out and then it was toned down, you know, like I cut pretty much hard alcohol out and switched to wine, which you already know. Yeah. And, you know, um, noir, baby. that's it and uh yeah you know and once i did that you know once i was able to slow that down like your productivity just goes through the roof and uh at the same time i was dealing with that shit i mean we're talking you know years yep and uh but you know i found a new purpose too like it wasn't just you know i'd done everything i could for my buddy and and then i mean you already know like all the guys, you know, that well, this is something that I was really looking forward to. And I was hoping that you would pivot because we do often talk a lot about finding the mission, right? Every guy that we've had mm-hmm. on from Matt best to Vincent Vargas to, uh, you name it. Any one of the people that have, you know, dealt with this stuff, it was finding the new mission. Yeah. And what was awesome for you is when you, why don't you describe to everybody how you hooked up with Peggy and started helping soft vets get their benefits? Yeah. Well, so with, I kind of had two purposes. I created them for myself. And, uh, one was definitely, you know, helping the soft guys. And, um, so, you know, I met Peggy and, you know, I'd been out in the Navy for over 10 years and, uh, I met her trying to help my friend. I'd written senators, I'd written governors, you know, about the VA, another response. And then like out of the blue, here comes Peggy Matthews from Boston, Massachusetts. And I, we love you, Peggy. Thank you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and uh, what's the name of her organization? Uh, Veterans Advocacy Services. Okay. And, um, so Basically, I was just able to link a lot of, you know, power players together, you know, um, important people that, have, you know, were helping me and created like the most powerful damn veterans VA benefit nonprofit in mm. the country. And how know, many total guys before you started, you know, having to be pulled away because your new business and all that, do you know what those numbers are? I mean, I remember you lost count after like 60-some or something like it was, that. It was everyone I knew, man. Like wow. everyone. It was like, hey, you you know, you want to help with your VA stuff? And then it was boom, 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 boom. And now, dude, like, if you, like the people that don't have like what they deserve is like astounding. Yeah. Nine Medal of Honor recipients. Nine. Had nothing. Didn't- had no VA benefits. Yeah, I remember seeing a guy at the SEAL Museum. No legs. Didn't have his benefits. Are you, you know, kidding me? No, Why no is bullshit. that? Because, Why I is mean, this happening? I mean, it's, that, it's the VA, man. You know, it's, that's what it is. Like, they don't 
they literally do not give a shit, you know? Like, have you ever stepped in one? You know, like the doctor, I remember the doctor, you know, evaluating me. They didn't even know what a Navy SEAL was. Same for me. You know, they're like, well, why didn't you go to medical? And it's like, because I was on a fucking operation. Well, what operation? Or like, what What do you mean? What's an operation? Like, are we fucking done here? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, are you kidding me right now? You do realize we're at war, right? And, um... So anyways, I but linked But that's every- the beauty of Peggy yeah. and what she represented. She knew how to navigate that system to where she could help us. I mean, she was, honestly, bro, I, I've never looked at you in your face and said thank you, but thank you so much for connecting me because she was able to just help walk me through and is still walking me through in a way where it was never really too frustrated. I mean, obviously going in and getting evaluated by people who never knew what a Navy SEAL was and all that is one thing, but I always knew that Peggy was there to help. And, and so one guy became hmm. 10 guys became 20. When did you know that this was really a powerful for thing for you to stay away from the demons in the darkness? Um, I mean, it came to a point where I had helped, so many guys you know get what they deserve that i started like as much as i hate to say it i started getting resentful and wow. um you know guys i hadn't talked to in 15 years you know are like what's up man you know and, and i know and they deserve you know they deserve it you know like but you start getting that feeling of being used and uh and i fucking hate that feeling yeah. it's the worst feeling in the world and you know, we had been talking, and then, you know, I jumped back on the bottle, and, uh, you know, I woke up, dude, in my in my bed, and my whole fucking house smelled like gasoline. And I was like, what the hell is that shit? You know, I was hungover, you know. And I go downstairs, and, you know, there's my gun, you know, like loaded, ready to roll on the couch, and my clothes are down there. And I'm like, where the, okay, like, where the hell is this gas coming from? And I go try to open the garage door, and the fucking, uh, like, the handle was, like, hot to the touch. And I remember, you know, I was hammered, dude. And uh, I remember, like, holy shit, like, something's going on in here. And I remember thinking, like, if I open the door, I'm going to be, like, blown to smithereens. And I didn't give a shit. So I just opened the fucking door, and there's my car running in the garage and i'm like all right so i went in and i you know i'm like holy shit like i gotta you know my fucking gas can melted dude like <laughs> no bullshit like melted. the gas tan like melted off and then like the few like the little bit of gas that was left was dripping onto the fucking exhaust so how that didn't go up you know but whatever so i opened the door you know aired it out and when I looked in my car, my seat was like reclined back. So I'd obviously, you know, I was ready, dude. And, um, you know, and then, I, you know, you know, I fucking texted you. Yeah. Like, and I'm glad you did. Yeah. I texted you and I was like, holy shit, dude. Like, this is where I'm at right now. This is what happened. And you're, you know, we, you know, then we call, we talked and that was like my real turning point. I was like, fuck, dude, like, what the fuck was that shit, you know, and uh, never looked back, and then 
from that point forward is when my business and <clears throat> everything like really started taking off. Like I, I was like, I'm never doing that again. You know, I made a promise to somebody I would not drink vodka ever again. And I've held, you know, I've held it. And <clears throat> so vigilance Elite was born <laughs> and, uh, out of the depths, right? Yeah. Out of the ashes. Yeah. So, well, I'll tell you, man, when, when you, when you get those calls and anybody, you know, that's listening and you've gotten those calls or you've been there yourself. Cause I've been there many times actually with you in that same space. And, and when you have, when you reach out, because that's the hardest thing, right? The hardest thing there is to do is actually reach out and say, hey, I need help, especially for us. Yeah. But one of the things we're seeing, you know, over and over and over and over again is our guys just not reaching out. And everybody's just like, hey, dude, you know, hey, man, if you're in a bad way, I'm here, man, you know, and that doesn't always work. And so it really is a testament to your strength that you did. And I think once you did, it opens the doors to be able to get perspective and gain a new outlook that ultimately help can help you start charting a new path and a path that serves you to a certain extent. Because I remember we talked a lot about, hey, man, you got to get yourself good now. Yeah. Yep. And you were right, you know, but I mean, shit, dude, you know, like at first I didn't think there was a problem. You know what I mean? Like I really didn't. And then, uh, you know, and then, you know, all the lead up to that. And then that was like the point where I was like, fuck dude, like I gotta get my shit together. No, that's another great thing about our generation and our war, man. It's the last generation, their war was so bad and they got treated so bad coming back on the way we were raised and how much cause we were raised together and we love each other so much. So when our wars kicked off, we were young, right? And we've been fighting forever. As guys started to rotate out, they were rotating into that same blackness that the Vietnam guys. But check it out. As that progressed, we got sick and tired of that. And since, you know, how much we care for each other, we've collectively started to go. It's like going through your own buds and your own hell week by yourself. Yeah. Right. But everybody's going through it. But for whatever reason, we don't we don't get a swim buddy or a boat crew back up. And but now what's happening through all of this. Right. I'd like to have to go back through our own hell week. Yeah. All of us have made it through it, and now the guy we're we're set. We're out. We've established ourselves, and we're building that community back up. And later, when the guys are poking out, it won't be that big of a of a deal. I don't think. I hope not. And I, I think you're too. spot on, mm-hmm. man. What what was what was so as you all right? You created vigilance. I remember you saying, "Hey, man, I'm going to do this." And I remember I remember going through the, your <laughs> your logo design with you, and I yeah. remember going through all that and just seeing the energy come back in you and the focus and the drive and the determination. And, you know, what, were, were there any points where you're like, all right, that's it. I'm, I'm not going to quit. I'm good. Yeah. You know, like I built it from nothing. You know what I mean? I didn't know anybody in, in Boca Raton, Florida, <laughs> other than you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, shame, but uh, you know, I didn't know anybody, and I built it. And uh, <laughs> you know, so and uh, you know what motivated it was a real purpose. You know, what what the whole like thing that started it. I didn't want to get out and 
teach classes, you know, but I, I saw, you know, shit, we had Paris, we had Fort Lauderdale Airport, we had uh, what Brussels, yep. we had London, you know, it's like active shooter, active shooter, active shooter, active shooter. And, you know, there's a lot of cell phone footage of that shit. And you watch it, and I've, like, realized, like, holy shit, like, the American people, like, do not have any clue how to act or what to do when that shit happens. And I was like, hmm. somebody's got to, like, start putting some shit out. You know, like, this is ridiculous. They don't even know what fucking cover and concealment is. You right. know, they don't know what dead space is. They don't know what to look for. Life-saving you know? concepts. So, vigilance, you know, so I, that's why I started it. And But how do you sell that, you know? Well, <laughs> it's, you know... You can't. You can't package like a mindset and sell it. I mean, at least I don't know how to do it. You're great <laughs> at it, but I'm I'm not. So I was like, well, what the hell? What does everyone want to see? Navy SEALs and shooting guns and shit, right? So <laughs> I started teaching classes, and I got real good at it. You know, like, I'm a good teacher. And um, so uh, the turning point uh, to get to your question. You, you know, know what that like, means? That means you know your craft. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it, and it's awesome, you know, when you take a 55-year-old mother who's never held a gun and she's shaking and you, like, have that ease and the patience to help her and not scream at her like we were taught, you know, <laughs> and, you know, and the next thing you know, she's doing 25-yard shots, you know, and hitting 75% of the time, you know. Most people can't hit a fucking target at 10 yards, you know? <laughs> right. And you see, like, that progression. It's like, holy shit, like, I'm creating some fucking badasses, you know? That's like, cool. no shit. Yeah. And um, so anyways, you know, but yeah, it was, it was tough to get, you know, to that point and keep going. And um, from helping all these guys and the feeling that resentment, you know, I'm glad I felt that and I'm glad I went through that because it forced me to like get out of the fucking community for five minutes. You know what I mean? And um once I did and I started like actually I shit canned my ego, like I, you know, I I started hanging around with everybody who's the best at what they do. So, you know, if I have a client that's a badass businessman, which I do, you know, a bunch of them. And uh, two of them in particular, like, r really have helped me, you know. And I remember one of them said, you know, I was asking for business advice. I'm a, you know, I, I'm a sponge, man. Like, if you're going to put out information, I'm going to fucking listen because it's yeah. going to make me better, you know. And I remember him saying, just don't quit. And <laughs> I'm, like, sitting there, like, oh, that's somewhere. this it's fucking so dude, like, tells me not before. to quit. You know, like, holy shit. I think there's shit. a team out there. <laughs> yeah, right? But, I mean, how many times have you Thank heard you, that? Thank you, Marcus. No right. shit. Like, don't quit, you know? And right. I'm like, holy shit. Like, well, I'm like the fucking king of not quitting, you know? And <laughs> so I didn't. You know, like, I was just like, well, shit, that's easy. I've been doing that my whole life. And, uh, and, and so I just, you know, there was a lot of times where I had, Dude, I, I had more instructors and students, you know. I was paying to teach courses, and I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. And then, you know, that it, now it is what it is today, which yeah, I put a course up, and it's gone in 24 hours. That's awesome, bro. And, uh, you know, now I'm shooting with freaking Taryn Butler, 
you know, in Los Angeles and <laughs> Corinne Mosier and, you know, I'm here with you guys. The best shooters you know, in the world. I mean, it's, you know, the people you meet, if, you know, when you have that drive, it's, it's awesome. You know, when you can, you know, the coolest thing, man, is like, I can only appreciate people that are the best at what they do. And when you have that mutual respect, whether, you know, it's a freaking billionaire or whatever, you know, uh, I don't know, whatever, you know, when you, when they're the best at what they do and you're the best at what you do and there's that mutual respect, like there's nothing better than that. It's all, there's no shock like, Oh fuck dude, you're a seal. There's, Oh shit. You're a billionaire. It's just, that mutual was like, can we just cut all this bullshit and talk <laughs> like and, human you know, beings? Exactly. Yeah. And well, you become the most proficient in your own skill set, and when you're standing across somebody, it, that's the equality, right? Yeah. You know, and equality. Great word. It's that you're at the apex, you know, and they're at the apex, and I think there's an unsaid mutual respect and appreciation, mm. you know, because. You both have that drive. Yeah, it comes with put. You understand what it takes to actually become good at what you're trying to do. So you, it has to be that way in something else. Now, one of the things, though, as I've watched, and and what really I think has begun to separate you amongst a lot of other people is, is and it's my favorite because obviously I don't take myself that seriously at all. Especially the wizard will tell everybody. Maybe you take a look at that. <laughs> <laughs> Such an asshole, <laughs> but it's true, and and, and so I I love that aspect. I love to be able to look at life and say, "Hey, stop being so serious." I spent so many years being so serious that it contorted my perception, right, of myself, of reality, my world. So I'm done. I'm not doing that anymore. I want hmm. to enjoy every day I have above dirt because it's a blessing. So what was crazy is, is, and what I love most is your YouTube videos because you put out these videos that, and I'm very fortunate that you've allowed me to be a part of this and, and, and help you and have fun with you, but you have fun in these things. You don't take yourself too seriously. You, you, you poke fun at yourself and you just released one with Corinne where you did your first three gun competition and she shows you this piece of gear, you know, where she wheels out the most essential piece <laughs> of gear for a three gun person. And that's a baby carriage. So you can take all your shit from course to course. You yeah, put all your guns. Yeah. Your it's <laughs> it hilarious. Is. It's, it's dude. straight up fucking baby it, carriage. It's dude. straight up. And it comes out really? and then you show yourself like in it, like moving on a range going, yeah, yeah. You know, and shooting and and it's this humor. Why have you chosen to use humor in the way you are with the promotion of of what you're trying to do for people and your training and everything else? Uh that's a great question. And actually it came from you. <laughs> uh I don't know if you know that or not, but that's the only reason he asked you that question. Yeah. <laughs> right, 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 right. Okay, that's great. Next question. <laughs> but uh, now, remember, we were at your office, and we were mapping out everything. Yeah. You know, like, what am I going to do? Because at that time, it was it was the mindset thing, and then, you know, which I do do, and, and going into people's houses and whatever. Yeah. But um, you, 
I was looking at everybody that was doing this shit, and I was going to be just like them, a fucking hard ass. At that time, I did have a six-pack, you know, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> not of beer. And uh, I remember you said, you remember the first time you stepped foot in, you know, Naval Special Warfare Training Center, you know, Bud's. And I was like, yeah. And you're like, do you remember how scared shitless you were of the instructors? And I was like, yeah. And you're like, and you had the balls to go, like, face that. And you were still scared shitless. You're like, Mm -hmm. you're training people who didn't do that, and they're scared shitless of you and or any SEAL. Mm. And I was like, holy shit, man. This crazy motherfucker actually has a point. <laughs> and, uh, like, I really, I was like, he's right. I was like, holy shit, dude. I remember being 18 years old, scared shitless. And uh, so I, I really took that to heart, and I wanted to be approachable, mm. you know? So that's what I, you know, I I started joking around, and then and it, it turned into what it is, you know? Like, it, shit can and that ego, like, really helped, too. I mean... It's okay if some, you know, if somebody's military career is more impressive than yours. It's right. like, you know, I can look at Marcus right here and be like, "Fuck, dude!" Like, not even close. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, not even close. I and that's fine, dude. Like, you know, like I'm comfortable with what I did, and there's plenty of people who've done way more shit than me. And oh, I, trust you know, me, that applies to me too, cowboy. <laughs> yeah, but totally. you know what I mean. Like, yeah. it's, it's okay. Like, and you know what, dude? Next year, there's going to be a, another handful of guys that have done shit way cooler than the guys that are in right now. Exactly. You know why that is? Because that's what brought us in. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Well, there's so. also another concept that I've experienced. It applies almost always across the board that the more hardcore, badass, whatever your resume is, there's like an inverse relationship <laughs> between that and just more how laid back or less cocky less standoffish less of an asshole you are to other people usually the guys who are the most serious operators they don't have to worry about putting on this big facade in front yeah you know and that took me a long time to i mean you have to experience that you know you yeah. you, you walk the Good point. You walk the line you see this through the years and it's well it's just something you realize it's the truth yeah well, once you go through all that and you gain all that what we learn when and when you're young and you first get it, you want to play with it, you know, you want to show it off, right? Yeah, it is crazy. Uh, we work so hard to, to become it. Navy SEALs to get that Trident, but we don't ever wear them. Like at the command, like, hey, I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna go down to uh, PSD and take my bird for a walk. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. 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 Again, right? like, <laughs> um. So you've been you've become this is working well for you. You've been successful. You found your purpose, but apparently. As we've heard, it has not been easy. It's been a rough road getting there. Yeah. I'd like to hear, what would you have done differently looking back now? Oh, great Because question. I, know, I know there are a lot of people listening to this right now. They're identifying directly with your situation as you were describing it um, prior to discovering this purpose. So if you were yourself back then, what would you have done um, to skip a lot of the hardship and difficulty you put yourself through? Great question. Uh, you know, I'd love to tell you, like, something that would have avoided all of it, you know what I mean? But I, for me, like, I think I personally, like, I had to go through that shit. 
to drive it home, you know, and um, I would, I don't know if I would change anything, man. Pain. Like, like I had to go through it to get to where I am. And, nice. you know, I guess if anything, I would have just done it sooner. Hmm. You know, um, there's just, you know, like I would have just, I would have got, you know, went and talked to somebody a little bit sooner. I would have put the bottle down sooner, you know, and, um, I wish I would have realized, you know, I, you know, it's bred into us. Like you got to take care of your buddies, you know, it, like, and I'd like take that shit to the T, you know, yeah, you I'm, I'm like always there when somebody needs me and you, but you, and it sounds selfish. And I, I, I still feel selfish today, but you have got to like take fucking time and work on you, you know? And, uh, I wish I would have done that a little bit sooner rather than, taking care and helping and immersing myself in everybody else's problems and issues, you know, I should have taken time for myself and mm. you know what I mean? Does that, I don't know. Does that make sense? I, totally. I think it's coming through. I think totally. it's coming through. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Cause if you don't, then what do you got? Yeah. You can't help anybody. Worse. If you can't allow yourself to be your best, how can you expect to yeah. be your best? best at helping someone else yeah well a lot of people try to not focus on themselves by focusing themselves focusing on other people and they then that'll only themselves. take it to a point right yep. so because what happens when you heal them and they leave then you're what are you you're nothing <laughs> you, you yeah. still gotta look yeah. in the mirror Glad you're good yeah, yeah. so yep. that i good guess point. i would have done it a little sooner like all my little steps that i went through i would have done them sooner and i, I would have you know worked on myself more you know in the beginning of this whole transition journey <laughs> nightmare bullshit enlightenment <laughs> do you think it, do you think it was that you you didn't want to accept that you needed to work on yourself or you did not recognize or you just completely didn't realize that it's you needed to focus on yourself you know man i don't know how to answer that i think there is a lot of shit that goes on subconsciously with everyone mm -hmm. and uh it was probably a little of both, you know. I was scared to open the door and mm. and and look at my myself, you know. So I took on everybody else's problems, you know, and uh, the way to deflect our, yeah. our our own issues onto something else that gives us purpose. Yeah, yeah, uh, and that that's part mm. of the ingrained culture of the brotherhood, right? We're taught to sacrifice all that we are for the success of another, and you know, in, in, in the context of being on the front line, that works in a really profound way. But when the front line is your mind and your heart and your emotions and those battle lines are blurred, man, it becomes challenging. And, and when you're the one who needs the help, it, it's tough to do that. I yeah. mean, I, I've yet to meet an operator that is fresh out of the teams or in the teams that is great at asking for help. I yeah. just haven't met the individual. And it's only the people that have come through these gates of fire of personal discovery that have, you know, felt that pain and, and learned to, has done the introspective work to understand them, that now at their age, at more wisdom, like Marcus talks about, you get past that 40 mark, you gain wisdom, you gain perspective, then you can say, hey, 
I need help. And, and th that's the greatest thing that we can do as human beings is to live with people that we have strong enough bonds, strong enough relationships that I can call on the phone just like I did with Sean in my darkest hour with my divorce mm -hmm. and say, I need your help. Because I knew he trusted me that much when he asked me, and mm -hmm. I was able to do the same for him. But those bonds, that, those, that rapport, that, those bonds of trust, man, that takes, that takes a lot of courage to develop those with human beings. And as operators, when we're on the out and we're feeling isolated, it, it, we struggle with cultivating that. So I think... And, and every human being needs to be able to develop those, needs to be able to really push themselves and open themselves up for some personal assistance. For and, that, and that's why we do this show, right? I mean, this is what the whole show is based upon, to let someone like Sean come on and, and tell his story and then to let people hear, hey, we, you know, Navy SEALs aren't only these, these, you know, these superheroes, right? These real superheroes. They're men that ha struggle. And when oh, we, we take the cape off. Take the cape yeah. off. Thank you. When we have other women that come on that share their challenges, like Lara Logan, what it was like to be raped, right? Like Brogan Wall and the face, the struggle she faces medically. We all struggle. We all experience pain, right? And the greatest aspect and why Marcus started Team Never Quit in the first place was out of his pain, the discovery that we need each other. And that's what this show, I, I hope and I believe is happening, is sparking that, that need. And we're seeing that with our listener write-in stories and the pages and pages and pages of those we have. I think that's the beautiful aspect of it, that you're not weak because you feel pain, but you will weaken even more should you not share that pain. And the one thing that I know, hmm. hands down, is that we are all united in our collective pain. That's how I know I'm strong, because I can take pain, not the other way around. Yeah. You're taking pain, you're not weak. Yeah, it makes sense, man. Well, Sean... Thank you so much for sharing that, brother. I mean, that's powerful stuff. I'm I'm really happy that you came. You wanted to come on and share. I think it's going to have a huge impact on a lot of people. Can you tell our listeners what's going on right now? What's up with the future for you? Where can people follow you? How can they get a dose of, of you, you know, on a regular basis? Uh, well... What's coming up? A lot of a lot of shits coming up. I mean, me and you got a T Triple C course coming up that's going to be badass. That's going to be a whole production done I can't about believe it. You talk talk me into that. <laughs> I can't believe I talked you into that. Now, uh, shit ton of more videos, you know, on YouTube. Everything's at Vigilance Elite, you know, YouTube website. Uh, How can people follow you on social media? Uh, Sean Ryan seven six two on Instagram, Vigilance Elite on Instagram. Uh, that's the main one, you know, and YouTube, Vigilance Elite. And you know what's coming in the future? There's a lot of big shit coming in the future that I can't actually <laughs> say anything about until you're training with a 
secret individual for a secret, secret. movie <laughs> that movie. we're not so secretly excited to see yeah. when it comes out at a secret date in the future. <laughs> can, we, secrets. can we say that? Well, he, he did work for the agency. I mean... <laughs> well, Sean, thank you, brother. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. God bless you. Thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. It was was an honor. It really was. Like, it was awesome. Thank you, guys. Good talk, man. Yeah, absolutely. Brother, what I love about transition stories, and especially guys that have the courage to come out and talk, is that they're still sitting here. They made it through, right? They endeavored to persevere. They were in the hole. They were in the darkness, in the abyss, but yet they came out of it. I was like, sometimes you drop down in that cocoon, right? Just stay in it. Some some of us longer than others before you figure out we're, in, we're on the wrong side. When you break out, you break out hard like that. And I mean, especially guys like us because of how high-tempoed we are, and then we shut down to that zero drive, and it's just kind of like it's stagnant for a bit. Out of the gates twice as hard. Right? When you can figure out how to start the engine again. And, say, and, what's your purpose? And if you don't have an idea, just think up one. Nothing you can't do. Just if That's a great you point. You just finished something up that, that you wanted to do like we did in the military. <clears throat> Remember how much passion we had for that? Pick something else. And then get into it. Start all the way over and be excited about doing that. Like, I don't have any responsibilities. You know what I mean? You're, you're clean slate. Yeah, it's actually it's supposed, to, supposed to be a, re, uh, a relief when you don't have any responsibilities. For us, it's a, it's depressing. Right. Good That's why point. you get up and make your bed in the morning. You shave. You work out. You keep those routines till you find something to fill that the big breach that, that our overall the purpose. Mi- right, yeah. It was funny. When I was, de- when I was doing the research on developing my speech live with purpose – it's like, all right, where do you start, right? Where do you begin? And so I started, obviously, with uh, Purpose Driven Life uh, by uh, Rick Warren. And then I started, you know, I read some other uh, big-time writers and and f- philosophers. And you read some biographies about people that had. And there's never one concise way to start finding your purpose, Right. It's all usually mm-hmm. about individuals being inspired to go after something that's bigger than themselves. And so what I always say to people is, hey, if you're not sure what your purpose is, just go serve someone else. Right. Just start there. Go work at a soup kitchen. Go do missionary work. Go go help somebody start a business. I love the whole sense that once that purpose has been discovered, you're catapulted, right? You're shot out of a cannon towards this new journey of discovery, right? Just like you were before. And you're preconditioned to experience deeper levels of pain. I just wanted to say that this really has become like a predominant topic on this show. It's been coming up more and more frequently. I think if we had to pick one singular never quit topic, this is it. I mean, you look back at People like Brennan Schaub, or I mean, if I just go through, you got Brennan Schaub, Jose Sanchez, Rocco Vargas, Evan Hafer, uh, Dan Crenshaw, Mike Ritland. It just goes, they were all, there's big stories of transition in here. And like you just, like you guys just said, it doesn't 
come in the same form. And we just heard a slightly different way that it came to Sean. And um, it made me think one of the ways that I don't think we have heard is just sitting there in a dark room thinking about what should be my purpose. Who am I? Why Which am I Which is sort here? of an intuitive, I think, is, it's kind of an intuitive way to find it. You say, well, what do you want to do? Sit there and think about it. But I don't recall anybody saying that's how they discovered it. No. So I think there's a lesson in that. that well, my, how my reason for to that discover is, the first There's path. a reason. I mean, that's a lesson to be learned in and of itself. I think you need to take action and go out and discover it outside yourself. The Let journey. It come to you. The journey of purpose. What were you saying, Marcus? Like, well, how long did it take you to figure out your first purpose? Didn't happen when you were born. Didn't happen in junior high. It took a while. It's okay. It's not, more than likely, it's not going to present itself right away. That's why you kind of just get out and start moving around and doing the things that interest you or that you keep you occupied or that are kind of assimilate with the military. And then as you go along and progress, you realize you do have this more skills than, than almost anybody else. And then that new path will present itself. And, and it goes, I, it goes, it goes back to what Chris Cassidy was talking about, about paying attention to the doors that open. That's right? a good point. Right. And those avenues of those new pathways, if there's an intrigue and interest, Allow it to be inspired. Allow yourself to be inspired and allow yourself to take that step to, to go into those new realms, if you will, no matter, regardless of what pain you're going to face or what fear you're going to face. If you simply just go out and take a step forward, you might take 10 steps and be like, nah, that's not it. Come back, reset. Hey, there's a door that's open. I know this person that's doing that. That sounds interesting. Let me go down that path. So I think that's a really critical way that it is a journey. It's not something that you snap your fingers and it happens overnight. Yeah, we spend our lives a lot of times in the same on the same path, and you know, stress builds up with the responsibilities that come with the experiences that you have over life. Sometimes when you get to that you know, that 40 age and you cut everything loose and start over with clean slate. There's a calm to that. There is a, there's a peace. Yeah. Right. And, and I think once you do discover a certain purpose, even if that purpose isn't going to be with you your whole life, there's a peacefulness in that regardless of the level of pain that you go through and the challenges and the hurdles and the adverse, the adversity, there's still, you know, you're doing the right thing. And so there's peace in that. As you get older and you realize how life short is, I mean, it's kind of one of those, well, you could go to school, get your degree, get a same job, do all that, retire, and do the normal line. Or how many adventures do you want to have tucked into this one? How many things can we do? How many in things that can dash. we, how can we be, can we become? Hmm. Right? I love it. Well, if you've listened to this show, man, you, uh, once again, I think we've accomplished our mission. I know Sean did. Uh, but I hope you as the listener, you know, I hope you heard, hey, man, that there are different pathways and and we all lose identity and regain it in different moments in our life. And so it's critical to recognize two things. One, that's going to happen no matter what, no matter how high you get on certain one apex of your life or how low is if you can know that this is part of the journey you're good. And also the second thing, don't be afraid to ask for help. And that's the pathway for purpose. Right. Yeah. So thank you for paying attention. We really appreciate you. If you want to know more, 
and you want to understand what, what what it is we do and why we do it, please visit our website at tnqpodcast.com. That's tnqpodcast.com. Uh, and also, what we really love about the Team Never Quit community that we're creating is the ability for our listeners to go ahead and write in. Share with us your greatest never quit story or possibly your father's or your mother's or your cousin, your brother, your sister, your aunt, or uncle. We don't care. But go ahead and, and share those with us uh, because we're building this wonderful community of support within those never quit moments uh, and we want to have your story. Also, if there's someone out there that hasn't discovered our show and our show's helped you in any way, please show them how to subscribe on either the iTunes app or any app that's available on any mobile device. Or heck, just show them on your browser, take them to our website, and show that you can listen directly right there. We appreciate it. Well, we've got a reader's story for you now. Merch. I, n- I love when you remind me to talk <laughs> about the merch. We have merchandise. We have merchandise. We've got t-shirts that will blow you away. We're also working on some other phenomenal ideas like coffee mugs and hats, man. I'm telling you what, the Team Never Quit podcast merchandise is something that you can wear at birthday parties. You can wear it in going out. You can wear it getting married. I'll tell you what, buy one today. Huh? He's in full auctioneer mode. I was. It Go. was going. It Go. works as a sponge. It's going to wind up one day. To wash your car, <laughs> dry off the baby, to wipe the baby, whatever you need. It's there. Am I becoming It'll that guy? never quit. Am I becoming that guy? I was waiting for you to go start bidding. Throw your, and you were accelerating, and then all of a sudden you stopped. <laughs> yeah. All right. Merchandise. Back to TNQpodcast.com. All right. Here is our listener write in story. This is from Jason. My never quit story involves two people. My parents, John and Elsa, entered into a battle they never expected. I was along for the battle, but they are the two that possess the never quit mindset. On the Saturday before Father's Day 2013, my dad was feeling sick. We had urged him the day before to see his doctor on Monday. He reluctantly accepted this pleading from us. The next day, Father's Day, he didn't come to church with us because of his sick condition. What we did not know was how serious his his condition was at the time. My mom cared for him as best she could in between the morning and the evening services. Upon arriving from home from the evening service, my mom found my dad unconscious eyes rolled back in his head and writhing on the floor. She immediately called 911, demanding an ambulance. Her next call was to me, alerting me of the situation. I jumped in my car with, and with my wife, who was five months pregnant with our first son. We raced to the hospital. My dad was twitching and completely disoriented. He could not make eye contact and was burning up with a severe fever. They hit him with everything they had, antibiotics, steroids. His breathing slowed, and he went into an unsedated coma. They had to do a lumbar puncture to determine the cause of his symptoms. The verdict came to to us within a few hours, bacterial meningitis. My dad had the deadliest of meningitis. 
I started to Google meningitis on my phone because I'd never heard of it before. I found, to my dismay, there was little hope for my dad recovering. There were cases of amputations, vegetated states, and so on. My dad would spend a week in an unsedated coma. He woke up on his own six days after being taken to the hospital. He regained complete consciousness, but was seeing hallucinations due to the mega, due to the medication. Those hallucinations still haunt him today when he recalls them. He spent 45 days in the hospital. He could not read, write, or walk when he woke up. He was 74 years old at the time. I stood with him and held him as he took his first steps. I had traded places with him so many years ago when he taught me how to walk. Now, my dad is fully functional, fully able to walk, communicate, and everything before. We are all Christians. We know that despite the hundreds of thousands of dollars that were present in medical degrees, our guide, the great physician, was caring for my dad. My dad is my hero. My hero was knocked down. He got up and made a full and complete recovery, never giving up. By his bedside, those 45 days was my mother. Due to work, I could only come every two to three days to visit them in the hospital, which was an hour away. Those days, my mom would go home and shower. Those were the only moments she was not beside her teammate. She never left his side. She never quit on him. She never pulled the plug. She never considered giving up that he would not recover. Today, we give all the glory to God into his, for his recovery. My dad and I went to the Patriot Tour after he fully recovered. We were there to see Marcus and other speakers at the Ronald Reagan Library. We were inspired by all the speakers who were heroes in our eyes. However, I got to listen to heroes that night sitting next to my favorite hero, my dad. He never quit in his recovery. He made what can only be described as a miraculous recovery. And his teammate, my mom, never quit on him either. Jason, your pop is hard as nails, man. A lot of people nowadays mm. would have thrown in the towel. Did you say how he picked that up? How he got it? No. Nah, and that stuff's gnarly, boy. It'll knock it you is. dad dead. <sighs> Most people in third world countries, they get meningitis, they're dead. I grew up with a kid, man. He got it and died in two days. No way. Yeah. Wow. A friend of mine died, caught it in Israel on a flight back. He died before he landed in the United States. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. It's scary. It's scary stuff. They thought I had it once. I had to get a spinal tap at Balboa. Oh, man. Yeah, when I was out in San Diego. It is no joke. Anyway, anyway so Jason, bravo Zulu on your father and on your mother and your faith in God, man. I, I think this show is... is really been powerful because what it talks about at its core is a second chance, right? Allowing yourself to believe that once you get that second chance, man, you can catapult yourself towards discovering what your true calling and your true purpose in life. I just want to give thanks because I believe this is a purpose of mine that I've been called to do. I want to thank God for that, Christ. I want to thank my children. I want to thank my beautiful girlfriend. I want to thank my family. I want to thank all those in my life who've taught me and helped me and been there for me. I want to thank Sean, my buddy, for his quest and his him being there for me. I want to 
thank our, our Jason for writing in. And most importantly, I want to thank our listeners. Without you guys, we couldn't be here. And Jens, thank you for being here with me and my purpose. Yeah, yes, Sean sir. coming on sharing that. And Jason, that, that story right there, the whole time it's important to having a family around. You know, even if you mess yeah, up, you're kind of regenerate, man. Your family take care of you when you're sick, right? Mm-hmm. That's why it's worth being so, just keeping it together. No matter what, holding them, being... <laughs> you don't think about that when you're when you're young and no. bare out and running around, man. It's when you get old and busted, you hold somebody. That's why you have a daughter. But thank you for uh, writing and telling that story. Uh, getting back up, right? Everybody Amen. keeps bringing us back. It's still an amazing feat that we get to do this. Thank y'all. I'm out. Out. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.